This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Rinala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. That's so wonderful. We have been blessed with incredible people in this house. And uh, I am so thankful for the amazing gifts that God has brought us. And I really believe it's for a purpose. Uh, and, and we are just excited to see the initiatives that the Holy Spirit's putting in people's hearts and looking to see uh, God bless us and enlarge us. And I make no um, apology for, for believing and praying for that because I believe that the heart of God is to see His glory and His influence cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. And uh, so I pray for you. I pray for you at this church, the church network. I pray for each one of you that the Lord would bless you indeed, that He would enlarge your territory, that His hand would be with you, uh, that He'd keep you from evil, that you may not cause pain. And I decree the blessing of God over you. Uh, because that is his purpose and his will. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. How are you? Are you happy? Look, even if you're not, God wants to encourage you. He wants to help you. Hallelujah. And he has a plan and a, a desire to really help you know that in everything, he wants to be your helper. He wants to be alongside you. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I celebrate you, Jesus. Lord, we say thank you. Father, we fix our eyes on you, for you are faithful and true. Lord, we celebrate you. Thank you, Father, that you rejoice over us with singing, God. And we say thank you, Daddy. Thank you for your faithfulness, God. We, we honour you. We bless you. We lift up your name. And God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and you'd fill this place, Lord God, with your presence. Thank you for your anointing, Lord God. I thank you, Spirit of God, that you, that you are with us, God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. Father, I thank you for those prophetic words spoken. We say yes, amen, have your way. Lord, and we declare that you are faithful, hallelujah. We worship you and we ask, Lord, for wisdom. Lord, we ask that you'd help us, Lord. You are our glory and the lifter of our heads. So we ask that you'd help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I actually, um, what can I hear? Probably the children. We might need someone just to close the door for us. That would be wonderful if you could do that. Um, I want to share with you today about the time between promise and fulfillment. I began to touch on this um, the other day, but I really believe as I've been waiting on the Lord that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us. I was in worship on Friday night and I, um, you know, it was so, so glorious. It's so good to be in corporate worship. You know, whatever it takes to, to get into worship corporately, do it. Hallelujah. Because there's something powerful that happens when we worship together corporately. But I was, as we were in worship uh, and we were singing about how beautiful he was, I see your face, I see your face. And as we were focused on him, 
God's love just began to overwhelm me. It's, that's his, who He is, hallelujah. God is love. And we pray all the time that the apostolic prayer in Ephesians 3, that the love of God would fill us to overflowing with all His fullness, that God would strengthen us with might in our inner being, that we truly come to know the reality of Christ in us, living in us by faith, that we'd know the height and the width and the depth, the fullness of God's great love overwhelming us. And as I was being just overwhelmed by his love, as I was looking at him, just focused on him, uh, you know, my faith got activated. And that's what happens. Faith works by love. Hallelujah. And I, so I just began to pray spontaneously. I just began to pray out of Acts chapter 4. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. One of my favorite prayers. I love to pray the Bible. I, I don't only pray the Bible, but I love to pray the Word of God. Oh, there goes the anointing oil. Hallelujah. I love to pray the Word of God because I know that when we are lining ourselves up with the Word of God and we're declaring the Word of God, things are established. Hallelujah. There is power in the spoken Word and in the declaration. And uh, Lana just released an awesome word about that. Very, very powerful. Uh, so I just began to pray this prayer. And as I did, the words struck me, your holy servant, Jesus. And often as I've shared this in meetings and, and just prayed that prayer because it, it's just come out, I've, I've thought to myself, well, I don't want people to misunderstand that I think Jesus is a servant. You know, he's, he's king, he's Lord, he's saviour, he's glorious. And, but, I, but at that moment, I really understood Jesus, your holy servant Jesus, that Jesus didn't consider it a dishonor to be considered a servant. That in fact, you know, the scripture, the scripture came to my mind, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, talking about Jesus. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And I thought about it for a moment. I went, wow, the honor in acknowledging Jesus, the servant. You see, I know he no longer calls us servants, but friends. But you know what? As we journey with God, as we grow with God, we begin to discover Him in the fullness of who He is. His desire is for the rest of eternity for us to search Him out and to know Him more. Hallelujah. To discover more of His attributes. He is the lion and the lamb and the ox. He is the eagle. You know, all the faces of God that He is King. He is servant. He is Savior. He is Lord. He is healer. He is provider. God is looking for us to know Him who is faithful and true, but in the fullness of the attributes of who He is, because in knowing Him, we discover who we are. Hallelujah. In discovering Him, we discover the attributes and the power that He's given us to be as He is in this world. Hallelujah. And God is looking for us not to have a narrow view of God, but to see the fullness. And I began to understand your holy servant, Jesus. Whoa, you, God, perfect one who learnt obedience by going through stuff and saying, not my will, but yours be done. It's not a tremendously popular message. 
But I want to tell you, I love you and I long to see you go on from glory to glory. I long to see you inherit the promise. And if I just sold you a gospel that said everything's going to be rosy, I wouldn't be telling you the truth. In this world, you will have suffering, but thank God he has overcome the world. Hallelujah. Our wonderful Jesus. The reality is that God gives us hope in the midst of everything that we walk through, that the difference between us and others is that we have a peace that passes understanding and a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory because we know that He makes all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Hallelujah. You know, I want to share um, with you a, a scripture from Psalm 84. And as I've just been thinking about, you know, the, the reality of growing in God, of just walking with Him and, and learning what it is to persevere. The Bible talks about that perseverance produces character and uh, produces hope, uh, character, hope, hallelujah. And by persevering, we actually discover more of who God is, hallelujah. We discover that He is faithful and out of that, our character is developed because we are discovering more about Him. Hallelujah. I'm going to actually switch back to um, Song of Songs, chapter 8 to start with. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 5 says this, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And this is what happens in the seasons between when you've got a promise and you haven't yet seen the fulfillment. Instead of thinking, well, I'm going to delay my happiness until I see the fulfillment. God wants you to know that that season does not have to be unfruitful treading water time. That God is looking for us in that season to discover Him, to know Him, to find Him in new ways, in ways that will equip us and empower us to really grow in character. This is how it happens. By discovering Him, oh, I see something new about you and your faithfulness. I see something new about what you've put on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. As I discover your patience and your power and your faithfulness, I discover that that's what you also have put on the inside of me. Hallelujah. We grow in these seasons of wilderness by discovering our beloved, hallelujah. And we learn too to lean on Him, not on our own understanding, hallelujah, Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Learning how to actually step in to that place where you just know God is good. Lana was prophesying about just being in that place, stand still and see the salvation of God. It's a rest, it's a rest of faith that actively says, I know my God is good, hallelujah. I know my God is for me. When God is for me, who can be against me, hallelujah. It is well with my soul, hallelujah, because He is with me. And that's the place that we can come to if we will persevere in, in whatever we're walking through as we continue to focus on the goodness of God, as we continue to focus on the promise, not on the problem. Hallelujah. You know, when it comes to, when it came to the, 
spies that were sent into the promised land, they all saw the same things. They all saw the fruit and the goodness of the land and they all saw the giants. But 10 of them chose to focus on the problem. They came back saying, it's a good land, but it's terrible, the giants are there, they'll kill us all, it's gonna be terrible. And two said, yeah, there's giants, the land's awesome and we've got a word from God that we can have it. This is awesome. Taste it. It's so good. Let's go. This is our inheritance. Two of them chose to focus on the promise and the rest of them chose to focus on the problem. What you focus on is what you empower. You need to be very careful that in the, the fight of faith, in this place, like, just like Lana shared, it, we are not to be passive, but we are to be proactive in deliberately declaring, God, I am going to rest in faith, activating my faith, saying, this is the truth, God. I am, I'm going to cast down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of who you are, the truth. Hallelujah. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ needs to be cast down. And Jesus Christ is the answer. He always is, always was. Hallelujah. He is the answer. There is not one example in Scripture of someone coming to Jesus with a problem where He didn't manifest Himself as the answer. Not one time did someone come to Jesus and say, I've got this problem. Child's died or we've run out of wine or whatever. Never once did He not manifest Himself as the answer to those who came to Him. He is the answer, hallelujah. And any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the answer needs to be cast down and replaced with truth, hallelujah. As we walk in the light, we are called to live with Him, acknowledging His truth, hallelujah. And I, you know, I encourage myself that um, all the great men and women of God throughout the scripture, you can look and see the process that they went through. Now, people get upset sometimes. They go, well, you know, I've already got everything. Yes, but have you unpacked it all? Have you read it all? I've got the book. Yeah, but have you learned what you've got? You see, God is looking for us to discover Him in the wilderness times, to actually discover this one that has been given to us. Hallelujah. To discover the one who's, who's got His name emblazoned on His robe, faithful and true. Hallelujah. He wants you to fight the lion and the bear with Him and see the overcoming so that when Goliath comes along, you'll just say, you're just going to be like any one of their others. Hallelujah. The lion came down, the bear came down, God was with me with that and He's going to be with me with you. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, God spent years on people like David and Joseph and Jesus before bringing them into the place of promise. There was a process and it was rarely an easy one. Many lifted up lots of prayers and cried plenty of tears before stepping into the fulfillment of God's promises. And you know, I really believe that we can take encouragement that many of the things that they walked through are the things that we experience. Hallelujah. And it's being given to encourage us. So let's have a look at, at, uh, at this scripture, Psalm 84. It says this, Blessed is the man. In fact, we can all read it together because it's just good. Hallelujah. Let's do this together. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. 
As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Let's pause and think about that. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our wonderful Jesus. And so I think about David and Joseph and these ones are two of my favorite characters in the Bible because I relate to them in, in a lot of ways, as we all can. They were rejected by family members. They were overlooked. They were falsely accused, misunderstood and mistreated. But you know, after they persevered and came through, they were different. Hallelujah. They had learnt some things. They had grown stronger. They were, they were never being punished through what they were going through. They were actually being prepared for greatness. Hallelujah. And we can be encouraged that, that everything that they learnt would prove useful later. And uh, so I think about this scripture, the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Tears. You know, I love um, Psalm 84 in the Passion Translation, or not 84, 30, 34, I think where it says, um, my tears are liquid words and you can read them all. That God knows our deepest longings and our greatest desires. And he reads our tears, he interprets our tears. My tears are liquid words. Who's ever had liquid words? I've had a few seasons of liquid words and the Holy Spirit has walked and he's interpreted my tears. They've been liquid prayers often when I, it's like the, the pain's been too deep to really articulate words. I've had liquid prayers. And I tell you, God interprets our tears. Hallelujah. He knows it. He can understand it and he walks with us. But this scripture says that he, those who walk through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of tears, that's how it's interpreted. Those who walk through the valley of tears, they make it a place of springs. You see, God hasn't called us to walk through the valley and complain about it and feel sorry for ourselves and tell everybody how terrible it is. He has called us to lift up our heads in the midst of pain and say, God, you are faithful. You are faithful and true. I'm not going to focus on the problem. I'm going to fix my eyes on the hope. I'm going to fix my eyes on the truth. I have set my heart on pilgrimage and I am coming through. Hallelujah. Keep my eyes fixed on the one who is my glory and the lifter of my head, the one who is my comforter. And, I, you know, I'll take it and often write my own in my own journal. I've got a journal from... Um, you know, the season before I was ever in public ministry, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like some of the Psalms. You know, it'll start off, oh God, why does this happen? And, and, uh, and then it'll, you know, process through to hope. Thank you, God, my statements of faith and declarations of hope. But I've learned to actually take it all bit by bit and bring it to God. Often we worry about stuff that we don't take time to pray about. 
We think that we're praying. We know that we should. We know a lot of stuff as believers. Often we know things we should do, but the Holy Spirit is there to help us bit by bit, practically apply it in our everyday moment by moment life that we'd actually be reminded to take every piece of what we are walking through and exchange it like foreign currency, hallelujah, to give it up to God and say, Lord, here's my pain. You said that uh, I could have beauty for ashes. So God, I give it up to you. Here it is, take it, it's yours. And to sow it in faith, knowing that you said for my former shame, pain and disgrace, there would be double recompense. So Father, I give you, this feels like shame. This feels like pain. This feels like disgrace. Grace. This feels like dishonor. I saw it, God, and I exchange it in faith for your heavenly currency. Hallelujah. Yeah, the beauty for the ashes. Hallelujah. And it gives us hinds feet for high places. God's actually looking for you in your place of difficulty to, to turn it around and make it a place of springs. To cause it, you know, there is a joy that comes from actually really stepping into hope when you haven't seen it in the natural. You, you might not feel like you're in that place, but I tell you, if you will deliberately go, my heart is set on pilgrimage. I am going to focus on the hope. I'm going to focus on the promise. I'm going to focus on Him and I'm going to rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to fix my eyes on what it's going to be like. I'm going to imagine what it's going to be like when the breakthrough comes. And I'm going to rejoice right now that in the midst of it, I can celebrate and say, thank you, God. I am discovering you as my comforter. I am discovering you as the one who will never leave me or forsake me. The one who knows me better than anybody else. I discover you as faithful and true. I discover you as the one that holds my hand no matter what's going on. Hallelujah. You know, I, I believe that even in, in my time of protest, you know, and it, there's a continual growth that happens through our lives. But I discovered the Holy Spirit as helper in a way that if I didn't know it, there is no way I would stand under some of the pressures I face today. Because God, God, He teaches us. Anyone that's been in ministry for some time will tell you this, that He wants you to know He is faithful. He is true and He is jealous to be your comfort in Every little thing, big or small, the Holy Spirit wants to comfort you. He wants to help you. He wants to teach you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. And He wants to remind you of the things that you know that you might actually apply them and get the help that He's readily offering. Hallelujah. He reminds us of these things and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Um, and He gives us hinds feet for high places. <sighs> That's the truth. You know, in high places, there's high winds. If some people were thrown into the spotlight, bang, straight up, we see what happens with celebrities often thrown into the spotlight at a young age. And it, it's, it's really tough. You know, I, people say nasty things about you on the internet. I, I don't know why. 
But you know, there is there is a reality that God has a process to take you through to bring you into greater and greater levels of influence. Hallelujah! There's a timing that's perfect as He aligns other things. Hallelujah! Uh, and and sets things up. And we need to be wise and know that He is actually taking time to change me in the process. Give me the feet that I need to be able to stand on the mountains of influence that He's called me to stand on. Hallelujah! And we don't want to circumvent that. We want to persevere and say, thank you, God. Oh, I rejoice in the midst of this. Help me discover you in a fresh way today. How are you wanting to reveal yourself to me today? <gasps> Hallelujah. It's not all about where you're going. It's all about what you are called to. And your call is to minister to God, to love Him and to be loved by Him. And if you figure that out in the middle of it all, <gasps> then you become equipped. You become qualified. Hallelujah. Psalm 126 verse 5 says this, Those who sow in tears will reap with joyful shouting. Hallelujah. If you've got some tears, I encourage you not to waste your pain, but to sow it deliberately. I do it. I'm very deliberate. I, I try to actively think about stuff when it comes my way, when I, things that cause me pain, I catch it and I deliberately sow it, you know, because I don't want to just let this go past. I'm not going to waste a drop of pain. I'm going to take that and in faith, I am going to sow it. And I'm going to sow that pain knowing that your word says, Isaiah 61, for my former shame, pain and disgrace, you're going to give double back. Hallelujah, that you are going to give me double for my trouble. I sow it in faith and I deliberately come to the divine exchange table and I give you this foreign currency and I, I exchange it for the heavenly stuff. Hallelujah. You can walk around with foreign currency in your wallet, but the reality is unless you actually actively go and exchange it, you, are no, you, you don't get the benefit of, of receiving the divine exchange. The just shall live by faith. This is not, uh, you know, okay, accepted Jesus and I'll just live my life. No, you are called to live by faith, deliberately live by faith. Okay, I'm sowing my pain. I'm sowing this dishonor. I'm just sowing whatever it is, whatever ashes you've got. If you will deliberately sow it, you will deliberately by faith, actively position yourself to receive what God is wanting to bring. Hallelujah. <laughs> You know, I, as I look back, uh, I realized that God was really teaching me how to hope and how to trust God in times when it seemed ridiculous. And, you know, if you'd ever known me um, back, you know, in my 20s, I had, I had promises from God that the Lord had spoken to my heart. I'd be on the ground some days, just groaning in a decession, seeing uh, people, um, the fire of God going like glory fireballs over congregations and people getting up out of their seats healed as the fire of God hit them. I, I'd see uh, my, myself reaching out to people that were, were being lost and rescuing them. And I could see so many things, the miracles, and I could see this in visions as the Lord was giving it to me. But, it, you know, it would have looked to some people like vain imagination or, or, or just too out there. But, you know, the truth is you've got to guard your heart. Hallelujah. And you've got to actually trust God. 
And he began to confirm these things to me. And he, but he was waiting. These things that God gives, these dreams are not inevitabilities. They are invitations. And if you will choose to respond and follow him and say, okay, this, he shows you, this is what I want. And if you say, okay, God, I'm gonna give up everything. I'm gonna surrender my life and go your way then this is what will happen. And we've got to day by day choose to daily surrender and say, yes, God, your ways are wonderful. I'm in your program. <laughs> I'm with you. You are my God and I will follow after you. And it's, it's, um, it's glorious. But we've also got to um, wage war with the promises that are spoken over us. First Timothy 1.18 says this, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. You know, I really believe that we've got to, in faith, be starting to wage warfare with God. Say, thank you, Father, you said. Father, you said. And call out the prophetic words spoken over your life. Call out the promises that he's given you in your heart and say, you said, God. You said, all of my children are taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. You said, God, that I shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You said, God, that these signs will follow those who believe. So, Father, that's me. I believe you put your faith in my heart. So I am expecting it. Thank you, Father. Let me see it. Let me imagine what you are doing. Your imagination is not evil. God gave it to you. But if you will surrender it to Him and allow Him to write on the screen of your imagination, you can walk around in your promised land before you ever inherit it. If you can see it, you can have it. And it's, it's important that instead of allowing the enemy to write on the screen of your imagination all the scenarios about how terrible it could be, you need to recognize that is not Jesus the answer embedded in that. That is a, a prophecy the enemy wants to me to buy into, an invitation from the enemy, and I'm going to cast that thing down and say, no, nah, I'm going to replace it with the destiny God has for me. And I can know the destiny of God because he says this, the plans that I have for you are to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, hallelujah, that all His promises are yes and amen, that I am a co-heir with Christ in the promises, or everything spoken over Him, that He was anointed to preach the good news of the gospel, that applies to me now, because it's no longer me who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I, it's a divine invitation that I can either lay hold of or ignore and leave on the table. He's got this banqueting table laid before you and the angels are ringing the dinner bell saying come and eat get up come and eat and you've got to recognize in your heart that you are not called to play the oh i'm not worthy lord rubbish you need to go wow god of course because it isn't any longer i who live but christ who lives in me and that's what christ does so i'm gonna have it thank you jesus this is what i do because that's what you do Hallelujah. Amen. Shalabakura. That's tongues. I run out of words sometimes. Hallelujah. You know, I think about um, how God had me in a place of learning how to trust Him when things didn't look like it was going to happen. You know, when... Um, 
when I was serving in children's church and in the youth group, I was an assistant youth group, home group leader. Hallelujah. Played piano in the Sunday school, taught the toddler's class, taught Sunday school, served as a youth leader. Um, I was a backup singer. I, was, I w conducted the children's choir and then I conducted the adults choir. And I did all of those things. And in all of those things, the Holy Spirit was teaching me something and preparing me. I look now, I was a high school teacher. And I think, wow, God, I went through university to stand up in front of people at doing music and drama so that now I can stand before crowds happily. Hallelujah. In everything, God is using it to prepare us. Hallelujah. Nothing is wasted as you walk with Him. And it's not, if you're delaying your happiness until you get what you're believing, for, then you are missing the point. God has called you in the midst of whatever you're walking through to be right now as He is in this world, to be fruitful where you are. Like Joseph in the prison, he wasn't waiting until he saw the fulfillment. He was actively moving in the gifts of the Spirit because that is who he was. Hallelujah. You know, if you're waiting for an invitation to stand behind a pulpit or you're waiting for whatever it is you're dreaming about, then, then you've, you need to recognize that God has called you to be fruitful in the moment. He's called you to make the place that you're walking through fruitful. Be faithful with what you've got and He'll give you more. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, I needed to pass the test of service and humility and learning sometimes to love people and to be loyal to people that weren't necessarily very nice to me. And I look at that, that's not a very popular thing. But you might have an employer that doesn't treat you very well. Take it as your opportunity to go, wow, God, so encouraging. Joseph went through this. David went through this. I think about David in Saul's house. He was so loyal to, to Saul. He was so loving. And, and you know, he, was, he learned something in the midst of that, that he was doing everything unto the Lord. And in learning that, um, we learn that it's not about, life isn't about our promotion, but about His. Yes. Hallelujah. That it's all about knowing that we're here to lift you up. This is not about me. This is about Him. My, my job in life is to minister to God and to love people. Hallelujah. To love God and to love people. And I'm already there in the middle of my calling, regardless of what I'm doing, if I understand I'm loving God and I'm loving people. Therefore, I am fulfilling my calling right now. Hallelujah. Yay, God. You know, I also, um, I would have some crazy encounters during this time too and things I didn't quite understand. I remember waking up one morning um, and as I opened my eyes, I saw a word emblazoned in front of me, the letters spelt out like this. And this word was uh, Galia. I thought, what is that, God? Is that like a Bible college I have to go to? What, what is that? And I tried to look it up and find out what it was, couldn't figure it out. And um, about three months later, bang, I woke up, again, this word's there. And I thought, what is that, God? And finally, by that stage, uh, we had the internet and the computers sorted out. And um, I looked it up and I, it was a female Hebrew name. And it meant wave of God. And I... At the same time, I was having all these dreams about tsunami waves coming. And I believe the Lord was just beginning to quicken me 
to me the promises that had been spoken over this nation about Smith Wigglesworth, that he'd, he'd said that the last great move of the Holy Ghost would begin in Australia, New Zealand and the islands of the South Pacific and go to all the nations of the earth. The, the words of George Otis Jr., similar words about healing revival sparked here. Hallelujah. And uh, you know, people have spoken even about Brisbane, that it being at the beginning an epicenter, like a, a big nine that would then go through out the whole nation of Australia into the nations of the earth. And I believe God was giving me an invitation to say, yes, Lord, here I am. But then it was still years and years before I ever got to preach, before I ever saw anybody healed. But I tell you, God will give you a vision and if you will trust him and just say, yes, God, you who have purposed it will also do it. Hallelujah. He is faithful and true. Amen. And so we've got to learn uh, to embrace his ways and to trust him. I remember um, after this, I, you know, I was going to Bible college and I, I was so hungry for God. I would get and read everything I could read on Catherine Coleman or Maria Woodworth Edda, John G. Lake, everything I could read about the healing revivalists. I'd watch it, I'd read it, I'd feed on it. And I was so hungry to see the miracles of Jesus. And, I was, and I'd, I'd feed on the truth about God's desire and the will of God for healing. And I remember going to um, college one day and I was, it was my turn to preach in chapel. And I, I, they'd been t teaching us that it wasn't always the will of God to heal. And it was like a red rag to a bull for me. I was like, I can't buy that. If you, if you let me believe that, then every time I go to lay hands on somebody, I'm going to have in the back of my mind, this is one of those special cases that you don't want to heal. But I was looking and in the Word of God, it became clear to me that every time someone came to Jesus for help, every time without fail, He manifested Himself as the answer. Jesus said, you must only build on the rock and He is the rock. So I examined the life of Jesus and that's who He is. The answer, the healer without fail. And I just choose, I love what Bill Johnson says, not to lower my doctrine to the level of my experience. Hallelujah. But this is the Word of God. Where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. Hallelujah. And so I was very passionate about this. Very passionate. Um, my hair was a little bit redder back then and quite passionate person. And so I had it in my mind. I had the best message. I was going to sock it to them between the eyes. I'm going to tell them the truth. This is the truth. And I, I had it. Scriptures, it was a good message. Strong message to tell them the truth about healing. And the night before, the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me. This is gently speaking to me and said, Catherine, you're not really speaking the truth in love. You don't really love them. I'm like, What? He says, I want you to speak on love. And I'm like, but God, they need to know the truth. He says, you need to know my love. And sometimes we can be so in love with our own opinions that it becomes more important than our love for people. We can love our opinions more than we love people. We can love truth more than we love people. But I can tell you now, if you love God who is truth, and it's all about him, not the knowledge that puffs you up. And then your love for people will make a way for the truth to set them free. Hallelujah. 
Your people are never going to receive truth from you if you don't love them, if they don't know how you feel about them, if they don't know that you love them, you can say what you like and their walls are going to be up. But if love, the power of love, it is what will give you the privilege to speak into people's lives. Hallelujah. I'm learning as I get older to become less and less opinionated. I've, just, I've decided to embrace the truth that I, I've determined to know this, Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. And the reality that that's actually me crucified too and risen up with him. Hallelujah. Let's get back to that. Instead of getting all excited about our ability to debate and to, our ability to, to speak our opinions. Anybody else a bit like that? Oh, okay, there's a few of you. I was raised with a, my, my, uh, my dad, he's a doctor and he's a bit of a philosopher too. And he, when we'd go to visit him, because um, mum and dad were divorced when we were very young, we'd go to visit him. He'd always, you know, get us in a, a bit of a debate, really challenging what we think and what we believe. And so I always loved a good debate. But I had to learn that actually that's not Jesus' way. Jesus was not the great debater. Jesus was the great lover. Hallelujah. He was humble. He humbled himself. And he says, follow my example. You lose your life to find his. Hallelujah. Our wonderful Jesus, you're very quiet. You know, the difference, um, you know, I really believe that as we embrace God's correction, we'll grow. God's looking for us not to have to go round and round the mountain until we learn the lesson that we need to go to the next level. He doesn't, he's, not, he's not stubborn because he's like, just want to teach you a lesson. He loves you and he is looking to bring you into higher and higher levels of glory. And so he wants to give you the things that you need to be able to go to the next place. So my advice to you would be just to surrender quickly and just say, actually, you're smarter than me, Jesus. You're smarter than me, God. Have your way. Teach me your ways. Show me your path. I want to be like you, Lord. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, I think that's the difference between David and Saul. When, when Saul was corrected, his reaction was to justify himself. But when David was corrected... He was like, yes, God, before him, on his face, humbled himself. You said, you're right, God, I acknowledge it. And as a result, David didn't have his kingship taken away from him. He had it established forever. That's the nature of God. I, you know, David's sin seemed to be worse than Saul's, really. He, I mean, he murdered somebody. And yet because he acknowledged it and said, yes, God, because he lived a life that was full of love for Jesus that said, I'm not going to consider myself somebody that I have to defend. I'm going to say, yes, Lord, have your way. I want to surrender quickly. And, and that's a Davidic heart. Amen. Oh, I'm, I'm nearly through this. Bear with me. You know, I, I believe thinking about Jacob, when Jacob wrestled with God, it it wasn't until Jacob actually acknowledged who he was that he was transformed. When he came to the place where he said, yes, who, who am I? I'm Jacob. I'm the supplanter. I'm the deceiver. That God then came in and said, 
You are Israel. You are a prince of God. Hallelujah. As we come to that place of surrender and we recognize our need for God, we are transformed. Hallelujah. When we, we don't add God into our life. That's what Jacob had been doing up to that part, up to that point. You know, trying to get God's help, trying to get God's help, trying to get God's help. And God was saying, I'm not interested in just being your help. I am interested in your transformation. He wants to be our helper, but he is, he is not wanting to be an external additive to your life. He wants to come in and help you from the inside out. Hallelujah. And it happens as we humble ourselves and re receive the help that we need. Amen. And so we've got the opportunity in our times of struggle to, to humble ourselves and learn how much we need him. And it's as we demonstrate our desire for his presence and his fellowship just like Moses did in the wilderness. You know, remember Moses? He said, I'm not going unless your presence goes with me. God said, I'll let you, you, you can go and have the angel go with you. These, these are stubborn people, just go. I'll send my angel, I'll take care of it. You can just go. And, and Moses says, I am not going unless your presence comes with us. And that, you know, Moses had found in the wilderness the joy of friendship with God of knowing that this life is not about what happens. This life is about our relationship. It's all about you. I'm not interested in going forth and inheriting the promised land if I haven't got friendship with you. This is all that really matters, hallelujah. And it's like that when the disciples were on the road to Emmaus, Jesus was talking to, him, uh, to them and they didn't recognize him. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. He was talking to the guys on the road. And it was only when it looked like when they reached their place and it looked like Jesus was going to keep walking and they said, no, stay with us. We really want you to stay with us. That then as, they, as he came into their house and they sat down, then their eyes were opened because I, and they saw, oh, it was Jesus. And I believe that God wants to bring us to a point where we acknowledge, I want you. I want you. I want your fellowship. I want your presence. I want to know you. I want your friendship. Hallelujah. I don't want to just know about you. I don't want, don't, don't want to just have what you can give to me. I want you. And this is, what, uh, this is the heart of God that um, I believe even Jacob learned that it was like, oh, it's about actually fellowship with God. It's not about what he can do for me. It's actually about having him in me, being transformed by his presence and knowing his fellowship, building real friendship with him. So when we learn to surrender, we discover the truth that in yielding, we become transformed and then we become victorious. Hallelujah. Victory happens because we know that God is with us. You know, God is for you. He loves you. Oh, He loves you. But He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants you to know that if you will surrender to Him, His ways are wonderful. He is trustworthy and faithful. He will take any situation you bring to Him and He will work it out for your good. You will never have to walk alone if you will only surrender and if you live in that place. Hallelujah. As believers living in that place where it's in you, I live and move and have my being. It's not about my promotion. It's not about uh, what I can get. It's I found the joy of leaning on the arm of my beloved because he is everything I need. He is my help. He is my
my strength. He is my joy. He is the one that overcomes for me. He is the one that loves me more than I love myself. He is the one that loves me more than life and will never stop loving me. In discovering that, in finding that, you get a strength that can't be taken from you. You get a, a joy in your eyes. You get a hope in your heart that can't be stolen. 